You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your favorite CCT personality, JTAC extraordinaire, embracer of the ridiculous face, and like the shortest operator you'll ever meet, Peaches. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ones Ready Podcast. You're back in the team room with us after an exciting weekend of having Chief Master Sergeant Bass on. So, we have another special guest today. We have Prime from Deep End Fitness. Now, if you've been following on Instagram or anything like that, especially following us, we have tagged and we have um, tried to promote a lot of pool work and Deep End Fitness are one of those leaders in this arena. They... I mean, their workouts, when you talk about going to the gym and stuff like that, that's what these guys do. They are living and breathing pool sessions every day. And and the funny thing about it is that people are coming to them as the experts and, and paying them to get punished in the pool, whereas, you know, we just kind of survived, if you will, in, in our own pool sessions. So, Prime, if you don't mind giving us a background and... Uh, on you and on what Don and the Deep End Fitness program is about. Yeah. So first off, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, it's an honor. And uh, Don and I are both come from Marine Raiders. So uh, Marine Raider background, Marine Special Operations, if you haven't heard of it. Um, and so uh, that really was established um, in 2008, uh, present day. We had Marine Raiders back in World War II, but um, we're just coming back online um, and uh, reestablishing um, off of the off of force recon force reconnaissance um, in the uh, early 2000s here. So uh, during end of Iraq War, and so um, <clears throat> that being said, uh, one of the one of our niches when we were in, we were both. I met my partner Don. We're both the founders of Deep End Fitness and Underwater Torpedo League. And we both met when we were water survival instructors at a pool on Camp Pendleton back in like 2009. And we were both training to go into Marine Raiders. And so we had both passed selection already and we were waiting to go to the individual training course, ITC, which is similar to the Q course. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, at the time, I think, I believe we were the fourth class. So um, there were, you know, there was a lot, a lot of uh, growing pain still going on with uh, building the course, et cetera. But we, um, you know, we had started, I, I believe the course was, uh, was around 11, 10, 11 months. And when we started, we had roughly 90 people in our class. And when we graduated, we had 12 or so of those original people, you know, so it was like Don and I um, were both together throughout that whole process. So, we got a lot of, you know, you, you build a lot of trust with each other, you know, going through that stuff. And then, um, obviously we had a, a lot of other buddies that were with us too. Um, one of them that's, uh, that works with us also, his name's Rick Breer and he's one of our master instructor trainers out here in California. Um, and he was also with me in Afghanistan as well. And, you know, um, all that other stuff. So, uh, that's that funny. What's I'm up? sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was gonna say it's just funny, like following you guys on on social media, 
a lot of these games, and you said that you guys kind of started the Underwater Torpedo League too, which is pretty cool, but the, like a lot of the games and the, the workouts that you guys are playing are things that we did during the indoctrination course and things that we do during pre-scuba. I mean, we, I'm sure Brian remembers very well playing underwater hockey. I mean, we, we still do that, you know, for fun sometimes, you know, it's yeah. just, it, it's a punishment under the water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, well, back in 2009, when we were working at the pool, there was, uh, we had a lot of aha moments with, uh, when we were training individuals to build their water confidence, cause some, some individuals could, you know, couldn't swim at all, even when they came to work it with us at the pool. So we had to have these methods to train them up really quickly. And, um, one of the ones that we would use is just using the torpedo. Um, because we noticed that when the object of their focus would be on the torpedo, that their fear would go away or they would stop focusing on their fear of the water and their fear of, how deep the pool was or whatever it was that was bothering them. Right. And so if, and then we, if we could just get them in there and treading water with us and passing the torpedo with us or going down and getting, you know, getting the torpedo or whatever it is. And then that, that, that would build water confidence right there because they would be focused on something else other than their fears. And so that was, we've seen that so many times that, um, you know, we've used it to build, you know, all different types of dive teams and whatever else by playing this game that we called underwater football. Um, and so it's a funny thing about the military because, you know, sometimes, you know, people, they don't ask questions in the military, right? We're just like, Oh, what are we going? We're going to play underwater football. Okay, cool. Right. And we called it that for years, but whenever we launched it in as a, uh, organization and, and a company, when we started, it was initially, an LLC. Um, we called it underwater football league LLC. And within like two weeks, so many people had blasted us with questions like, where's the football? What are you doing with the football? And it's like, Oh, we don't have one. We use a torpedo. And they're like, well, why don't you call it the torpedo league? <laughs> and so, um, you know, but that it's funny because for years in the military, we played it like that, you know, and nobody ever said anything. You could have called it underwater, you know, I don't know, fighting, <laughs> I don't know, you know, um, but, uh, our vision was it for at first, you know, we did some due diligence and we looked at the landscape of underwater sports, you know, across the world, you know, and, and the Olympics and all that other stuff. And so, um, we see underwater torpedo league being an, an Olympic sport in nature. Um, it's all, uh, natural swimming abilities. We don't use fins. And it's a 360 degree sport and it's full contact underwater. Um, and so, uh, you know, we've, we we're in, we've been working with different people from the Olympic arena and different people that are on the Olympic committees coming up and the Olympic foundation to get all of our rules blessed off and to get set up to be a demonstration sport with underwater torpedo league. And then, um, but so everything that we do is, is wrapped around, deep in fitness and uh is wrapped around deep in fitness and the acronym of free so that's our performance acronym and so that's like the science and the how of of really everything that we do um and so the free acronym is f-r-e-e focus mental focus so um anything you want to do at a high level you have to have a high level mental focus 
And we, we can break that down, you know, as much as we want, but basically how many tabs do you have open in your head? And if you think of your brain as like a computer, right. Or your consciousness and how can we close out those tabs? Because each tab that that's open at a time is just sucking my energy and my focus. So if I can focus on one thing at a time, that's actually like a superpower these days. And how do I get to that? Right. And so that's, that's mental focus. And when we go underwater, we, we have to bypass our mammalian dive reflex that goes off. As soon as we go underwater, because we, we're mammals and we breathe air, we have this dive reflex that goes off in our mammal brain that tells us that we need air. And it's going to be going off the whole time until we come up for air. So when we're underwater and we're doing a breath hold or we're doing a playing a, a UTL game or we're doing deep in fitness or we're doing an underwater swim, that entire time we're focusing beyond our dive reflex, the survival mechanism that's telling us to go up for air and we're pushing past it and focusing on what I, the torpedo, we're focusing on making it to the next line underwater we're focusing on our buddy next to us. We're focusing on being relaxed or a song in our head or counting to five or whatever it is. Um, that's that. So that's F R is relaxation. So on-demand relaxation. So think of a surfer that gets trapped under a wave and they automatically switch even before they go under to being relaxed. Right. And then they're just going through their checklist. All right. My whole body's relaxed. I know I've been under for 15 seconds. I know that this wave's about to be gone and then I'm going to make my way to the surface. Bam. You know, if they get trapped under a double wave set, same thing. They got to just relax, maintain an awareness of what's happening. Relax, 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 make my way to the surface, you know, make it out. E, the first E is economy of motion. So, um, flow versus drag. Right. And so in the pool, it's black and white. Any extra movement or bad movement creates drag and it slows us down. Right. And then I, we can take that and we brief this so many times that it's like, okay, well, how else does this show up in our life? Right. So the drag is everywhere. It's resistance. You know, it's, it's, I have, I have drag, I have resistance because, you know, I have issues with authority. So that creates drag for me sometimes and stuff like that. Right. But also, just like in my pattern of life, what other drag do I have that I can tighten up? What are these trips that I've been taking that aren't necessarily paying off for me? Um, why am I driving to this gym to then come back to my house and then drive to the other gym, you know, and then go to the pool? Like, how can I clean that up and stack my activities or do something differently to where I have more economy of motion, right? And more flow and less drag because I don't want to take any losses like subconsciously or mentally throughout my day, I want everything to be in flow, right? Where I know that all my move, all my motion and energy expenditure is paying off for me. And I'm not just going through and wasting time and energy throughout my day. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, the last one is efficient breathing, right? So um, building our really that's good, boils down to focusing on building our CO2 tolerance and our lactate threat thresholds so um taking in less oxygen more people it's 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 actually not about being able to take in more oxygen and huge amounts um it is good to have a large vo2 max but the main focus is that we're focusing on is the co2 tolerance and then what we've been finding out is that you can actually create an adaptation with your co2 tolerance 
um, over time as a human to where you just continually to grow it. Once you know your baseline and you, you have a safe training environment, you can continue to grow your, your CO2 tolerance. Um, right. Cause I so think, uh, I think, uh, you know, what people don't realize also is that the thing that triggers you to breathe is actually the buildup of CO2 and not the lack of oxygen in your reflex centers. Um, and I just wanted to comment on some of the other stuff that you were talking about and the free acronym. Um, so yeah, a big thing with me that I've been explaining to guys, um, was just when you're in the pool of focus, like you said, it was a really important thing. And you could see like, you know, guys that were tying knots for the first time, for example, like we do not tying underwater or whatever. And that would be one of the things that guys passed out on more than anything else between that and like ditch and Don, because they're not thinking about, you know, Oh, I need to breathe. Oh, I need to breathe. They're just thinking about like, Oh man, I got to put this knot right here. And they're just focused on that one thing right there where they're just like, all I have to do is wrap this thing around and then tighten it. And then my tail's not right or something like that. So they focus on that. And so we'd see a lot of guys, um, you know, end up passing out from that. Most of the time it was once it wasn't like an actual shallow water blackout. It was just a hypoxic episode. Once they surfaced, they got reintroduced to that oxygen and then they ended up passing out. Um, so as far as, uh, you know, other techniques and things, how do you kind of balance that with your guys? Um, you know, obviously they're focused on all those things. How do you keep them from passing out whenever they're, you know, in the zone, so to speak? That's an amazing, yeah, that's a great point. Um, and the hyperventilation, if there's any hyperventilation, it increases the chance of shallow water blackout. And so it's very important how we build up to when we do breath holds, right? So um, we don't hyperventilate at all. And that's actually how I used to train whenever I started doing this. And I would constantly, I would black out a lot. Um, and this is like 10 years ago. But so um, we, 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 ver- we fairly see um, black, shallow water blackouts with us. Um, but uh, how we prevent it is just having that, those baselines, right? And just having a systematic building block approach to training every time, even if it's someone that's like a high performance athlete and they do four minute breath holds or whatever it is, they're starting back at 15 seconds, just like everybody else, right? 15 seconds. Then we do 30 seconds then we do 45 seconds. Then we do a minute and then we do max or whatever, you know, and that's um, when that's at sessions that we do breath holding some that's not at every session. Um, but, that doesn't uh, make any sense. You should just go full bore hard <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah. I don't understand anything you're saying to me about stair step approach to training. Yeah. And how much do you actually yell at them though? That's what I Yeah. Sink or swim. <laughs> um, nah, yeah. I feel you. So um I just want to go back to a little bit of your background and then I'll pass it off to Trent. It's just uh you know, as far as you know, when you guys started this, I know you guys met in two thousand nine, you said when you're going through the um your course and what kind of spurred you to to make this into like a thing for civilians and what did you see as far as the benefits for yourself when you started doing like this underwater stuff and how did you want to transfer that into you know what you guys are doing now well i'm for for the longest time like even back whenever i worked at the pool i we would play this game and i was just kind of blown away that uh I was blown away that the game was, it didn't exist anywhere, you know? And I would go to these pools and like, um, 
out in town, like in Carlsbad and California and, and different places and just be like, and in San Diego and just envision like, you know, a league and stuff like that. This is just kind of, you know, random back in the day. And then, um, how it got put into action is that, um, when I was in Afghanistan, I had, uh, been in some explosions and, uh, I was actually in an insider attack with an RPG, uh, insider attack with our, our Afghan special forces, um, lit us up and lit me up with, um, some RPGs within our little compound that we lived in. And, and that came back because, um, in, uh, in like 2015 or 2016, I was at the advanced SEER course and I threw my back out. And when I came back, I got an MRI and, and they ended up finding that I had a hole in my inner ear. So I couldn't pass my dye physical anymore. And so, um, I started going through a medical review board, um, and I got out. And so as I was getting out, uh, I went, uh, you know, you, like I didn't, it was kind of like, uh, one day you're staying in the next day you're getting out. So it's kind of like, Oh, like, you know, I kind of freaked out. What am I going to do? Um, putting together a pace plan, you know, primary alternate contingency emergency jobs that I would take and whatever. Um, and then I went to this one transition course, um, where they had all these different like panels, um, of people from different jobs from like sales and healthcare and tech and real estate. And then they had entrepreneurs and the entrepreneur guys were just like, you know, um, the guy had like had businesses whenever, whenever he was a kid and like did all these different things that were like sounded similar to what I had done. And then he said he had a really hard time anytime that he had been put like in a box you know, and like had to be forced, you know, like to like be in someone else's organization and like follow these rules and this and that. But he said, whenever he had like freedom of movement, that's whenever he like really did the best. And I was like, man, that's pretty much the same with me too. And, uh, he's like, so that's why I'm an entrepreneur. And I was, so I started to crack it out. And then, so then I started to just, uh, try it. Cause what, what he, what he was saying is like, if you figure out like what your, where your interests and your experiences are, and then you take where your passion is, that that's where you should be focused on. Right. And so I just had so much passion for this sport, the water and training people. Right. And like this mental space. And I've been doing advanced training myself for, you know, over 10 years now. And probably several years before I went into special operations, I had a mental focus coach and would do these crazy workouts and just was like constantly learning, like, what's the next level and like, how much more can I do? And like, what other glass ceilings do I have in my head that I can basically shatter and break through, you know? And, um, and I've been on that tip for a long time now. So um, now it's just really cool because it, I, it, we put it all together. And so, you know, we started three years ago, um, as, as a basically like, Hey, you know, we've done all the research. We see that this sport doesn't exist. There is a sport in Canada called underwater football. 
Um, and it's, it's uh, a small community that's been playing it for, I think, 20 years or something. And the game's just, it's completely different than us because they actually use a ball that's neutrally buoyant under the water and so, and fins and the, all everything else. And so for us, we use the torpedo, which can glide up to 15 feet like that underwater. So it makes it very fast and dynamic. And also we don't use fins. So it's all natural swimming abilities, which also means that we can wrap each other up and like tackle underwater basically and do different stuff like that. So um, we can also use the sides of the pool and attackers can come down from any angle. Um, oh, dang. That's so, cadre stuff right there. Yeah. So basically we're like, all right. Um, and at the time uh, we were running events, uh, we, we had an organization called the Marine Raider challenge, um, which was a charity events charity that we started um, and we were running these big events in Orange County where we would have like a bunch of soft guys come out and do like a fin and then a 12 mile run slash hike into some pool work into like a finisher thing. And then we raise, we would raise a bunch of money and have a bunch of gold star family members come out and stuff like that. So we were doing these big events at the time and we were getting insurance and we figured out like, you know, okay, we can do all this stuff. We can do these events, we get insurance. So we got insurance for UTL um, and we got two pools locked in one in orange County and one in Oceanside. And, um, and that was just a start. And so one of our mentors was like, that's the important thing. That's what's been successful for us. The most is having mentors this whole time. So one of our mentors, um, his name is Derek Herrera. He was actually uh, on my team in Afghanistan as well. He's a Raider. Um, he is our captain. He's shot paralyzed from the chest down and he started a, a smart catheter company medical device company and so um he's been like had his own business and been doing all this crazy stuff in the world for a couple years ahead of me and so and don and so he's been giving us you know mentorships since we got out and one of the things he said was hey if you guys can get two pools and get them filled up with teams and like run it for a couple months and then have a championship, then, you know, that's a solid like go and then you can move forward from there. And so we did that. Um, we ran deep in fitness as like the screening and the workout. And then UTL was the sport and we would do the first hour deep in fitness. And the second hour was UTL and it just blew up. So we went from those two pools to like, you know, now I think we have, about 25 pulls on our insurance. Um, obviously like COVID's been a, a pain in the ass this last year. Um, but, uh, but, um, we've got about 25 pulls and we have, uh, over 70 instructors that we've trained at this point, um, that are mostly in Southern California, but also in Hawaii, Austin and Miami and uh, a couple in New York. And, um, so, if you if you don't I don't I don't want to get too far down the road. I'm sorry. I hear a lot no. of good stuff that I want to talk about, yeah. and like I want to I want to kind of tie this into to to like what the students are doing. Yeah, and I know you're you're talking about being passionate about something and excited, and I'm just wondering like as as we talk to our audience out there, the, the guys that are trying to get into the pipeline or thinking about doing this stuff. One of the things that we see a lot from our students is they are super passionate and they're super excited. But one of the problems is, is they get to the pool. And they're so excited. They're so amped up. Their respirations are like off the charts. And so when you guys start these people in this process, like how do you get them 
to stay calm at the pool because I think we've all seen those people that are are shivering from excitement on the pool deck and you can just tell that they're going to burn through all their O2 like in the first 10 meters of their underwater. Um, so as, as you go through your process, like how do you get the, the people to the place where you need them to be? Or what are the, some of the tips of the trade um, that you could put out there for those guys? Okay, for sure. So um, if you want to do a quick breathing exercise, it'll take like 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to come across on out. the microphones. <laughs> but it, yeah, if you can explain it to us, like by all means. Yeah, so first like we we usually get in a circle um at the beginning of every pool session and we and we just go over like what is everybody's goals for the day right and it's like hey my goal as an instructor is to give you guys the best information as possible to get in the water i'm working on my breath hold i'm training for this event whatever um and and i also want to make sure that i get this girl to get her 50 meter underwater walk that she wants to get or whatever bam next person my goal for the day is to stay relaxed and to go further than I did last time on my breath hold, which was two minutes. Next one, next one. So then, and then the next one, this is my first time. Okay. What's your background? I was a, um, collegiate swimmer. Okay, cool. Da, 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 da. And then the next one, it's my first time. Uh, I really don't swim that well. I'm just here because I train with these fighters and I'm trying to become a pro and blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay, cool. So that's the person. So then like we're watching that person. Right. Um, so that, but that could be any of us, right. That was probably me when I started out swimming. Um, and so, um, but the, to keep it simple, right. We always like to drill it down into an acronym, the acronym for being efficient and being calm and being relaxed in the water is be safe. We use B, um, and, but, but water survival program and the, and the go in the military uses safe. Right. And that comes from in world war two, when individuals accidentally fell off a ship and they, some of them that survived at, you know, like a week, two weeks, three weeks being out at sea just by themselves was what they fell in with, um, that they would debrief them when they would get them back, recover them. And they would find out what, what they used. And so the methods that they, that they created off of that were water survival. And so the acronym safe S slow and easy movements, right? So imagine yourself treading water in the pool, slow and easy movements. Um, we always say cup your hands. If you have your fingers spread, you're like doing extra work for nothing, right? You want to have your hands cupped, like you're cupping the top of your, uh, head. Um, a apply natural buoyancy. So everybody's got a buoyancy, right? So for me, I'm negative. I sink to the bottom. Some people are positive and they float. Some people are neutral and they kind of bob right back and forth. So, but once we identify that, then we know what immediately what our strengths and weaknesses are in the pool. Right. So then we know what, what to, what to work on and what to put our effort towards. Right. So for me, since I sink, for example, whenever we're doing treading water and we're holding the brick, it's going to be harder for me because my body's already sinking. So what I'm going to do to counter that is I'm going to, as I'm going to do, um, full lung inflation, which is F and I'm going to fill my lungs up and power breathe like, so I'm just going to create a flotation device with my lungs and my diaphragm. Right. And I'm going to fill that up. 
And so that's going to counter me and my body that's sinking. And when I take a full diaphragmatic breath, I can actually float, even though I always sink. Um, and then the last E is extreme relaxation, right? Extreme relaxation. And so, you know, whatever it is for you to get relaxed, it's basically like, you know, mindfulness, right? So, um, what, what other things can you basically close out in your life that you need to get done so that you can just focus on where on being present, you know, with each thing that you're working on. Right. So like, if you have these bills that need to get paid, for example, close that out. You know, if you have this, these things that you've been meaning to do for two weeks, get that shit done so that you don't have to be, it's not a constant thing in your head anymore. Close all those things out and be as present as possible while you're, while you're at, while you're there, um, in the activity. And that will also allow you to be more relaxed. Being present will allow you to be more relaxed. So, um, be safe, be for us, buddy system in effect, right? Always have a buddy. Um, we mentioned earlier, you know, now if some of the pools are closed, going to a lake or going to the ocean, um, we always want a, at least one buddy with you when you do any type of water training, you're on a buddy system. And especially when you do underwater training, um, and, and, and honestly, you want an instructor with you when you do under, underwater training for the most part. Um, so prime, you bring up a good point then. So you guys are doing in person, which is, you know, great. And that's probably ideal for people, but since it's it's somewhat limited to the West Coast for right now, you guys are also doing online programming. So, how does that? How does your online programming work? And I mean, what kind of some of the things are like? One, how does it work? Um, two, is it something that they can do in a pool, open water, ocean? What are some of the equipment they need, or anything like that? Right. So, um, we have tons of different online programs for that are, and they all run like, like, uh, off a of four week system. And so, um, for all different types of like sports and, and performance needs as far as swimming. Um, but the main programming that we've been doing, um, just for that exact reason since, um, for probably the last year and a half, but so before COVID hit a year ago, um, we had just completed like this six month, um, beta test program, pilot program for executives and CEOs and people that were, um, not that, that weren't training with us at the pool. So this was like a virtual program that we ran for uh, a month with all these different executives. And, um, we, I just finished business school um, around that time and had uh, also completed the San Diego Sports Innovators um, Incubator Accelerator Program. So we were tied in with some different executives here in San Diego that we had been started to coach and train and stuff. And so um, we we completed this six this this program at six months of working with all these different individuals right before COVID hit. So I had all these emails of all the programming that we had done for those six months. And, and basically it was a, a lot of success from all the individuals and powerful testimonials and all that other stuff. And so the goal for us was to be able to, because, you know, we, we got into training. Um, we, we started UTL and deep in fitness at the end of 2017 and in mid 2018, 
we just been training, training, training all these different groups. We did a six week NFL program. And then that led us to do, uh, to get all these different, um, UFC fighters and Bellator fighters that started coming to get training, especially in their fight camps. Um, as well as all these different professional athletes all over Southern California. Um, and so, um, one of the things that we started doing is we would roll, we would really go with through the fight camps with these different fighters, um, as like a mental and accountability coach. And we would help them separately from what they're working on with all of their martial arts coaches. And we would work on them with like three strategic goals that they're working on in their life. You know, so even their, with their relationships or, you know, anything, you know, um, maintaining adrenaline during their fight or before their fight, um, all this, all, any, anything that they're working on. And so we were having a lot of success with that. And some of them were saying that giving us feedback after doing that for six months or a year, like, Hey, this is really changing my life. And that I think you guys need to really get this information out with free. Right. So free is also the operating system that we use for everyone with UTL. And that's, you know, um, that the IQ and the level of that game and the level of competition and, and performance that we're seeing after three years, I mean, is just off the charts with, with the level of play, um, that, that they're at now. And it's all, they're all utilizing that free acronym, but the free, free your mind is the, is the main prog programming that we're doing. And that's the one that I'm talking about that we did with all these CEOs. So we took all of that. When we got locked down with COVID a year ago, Don and I met and we're like, well, okay, what's an opportunity that we have since we're locked down is like, let's complete our training manual with free. So we did that. Um, and at the time we already had all of our instructor manuals because we've been doing instructor courses, but we didn't have an actual training manual. So we went, when we created the free, free your mind guidebook and we just got it printed like at, um, FedEx. Right. <laughs> and we took a picture and posted it. And this girl that had trained with us, uh, in orange County, Bethany had trained with us in orange County and, uh, she lives in New York. <clears throat> she works for Morgan James publishing. And so she got us a publishing deal like that. And she's just like helped us through the process and been amazing. And so, um, that book comes out in July and it's called the free your mind guidebook. And it's a four week, um, you know, crawl, walk, run, fly, basically like the first week's just getting in, doing an assessment of every, all aspects that you want, that you're evaluating. And then you get into, you know, identifying, you know, what your goals are, what you're focused on, um, what your energy expenditure is and how you can, you know, uh, improve that and evolve that, um, your economy of motion and then you're breathing and then it just goes into the next week and the next week and the next week. And then after four weeks, you're start, you get dialed in and then you, you move on from there. But that's to answer your question. That's the main stuff that we're doing. And then all of the other stuff. So like, if you want to become, um, uh, work on speed and endurance in the water, we have a four week program for that. If you want to work on, uh, have a program and you're a, a jujitsu person, we have that or, you know, MMA or, uh, you know, all that different stuff. You can, so all of, check all us of out. these on all of these online programs are centered around the pool. Um, and if you're, you know, how well do you need to swim, uh, in order to do these? Like, so 
peaches. I, I go to Deep End Fitness and I sign up for online classes. What am I expecting? Well, you go up, you sign up for online classes and all of those, uh, if you're not in, in an area where we have training going on, which right now is all over Southern California and then just in Miami outside of this, um, and you're doing it on your own at your pool, then basically it'd be you getting with a buddy and running through the program at a, at a pool that you source. Right. And it would be a four week program that would, that would build on itself starting at a base level and building up and each, each program scalable. Right. Um, but, uh, and then the other, the free your mind program is not centered around the pool. This is centered around your life and basically wherever you're at. Um, Okay. So like, I'm just thinking, you know, we, like you had mentioned, COVID is, is an issue. Um, it's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's something that continues to plague us, if you will, in terms of, of pools not being open. So, um, like how, how can people, I, something that we always say is that, okay, so if you don't have access to the pool, the ocean or a lake or something like that, um, increase your volume of cardio in, in, and the mindset is we hope that that transfers over to the pool. Um, as somebody who, you know, is an expert in this arena, what would you say to somebody that is dealing with COVID? That, like there is no chance of going to the pool. They're out in the, in, in the middle of America with no water around them. Um, how would you recommend they work on their breath holds and their overall swimming fitness? That's a, that's a really good question. And for me, it's two, two things is breathing and, and going into the science of what your of what breathing performance is and what breath work is and what deep breathing is and what CO2 tolerance and all that is and actually learn. You know, like when we go to dive school and we have to learn all of the, about dive physics and we have to break down each, each definition to each particular term, it's the same thing. I feel like it's very beneficial to go into and just like be a, be a student of the game, like going with a blank canvas and like, Hey, I know I've been breathing for however many years, but I want to look at this thing like a, like a caveman, you know, what's the basics of breathing and start from there. And then brilliance in the basics, build yourself up. The other thing is, is, is CO2 tables and doing those breathing tables. And you can go on, there's, there's many different apps that you can download um, to get breathing tables off of. Um, I, I think the one that I use is called Free Dive. Um, and you can, do, you can do static tables where, you know, it has you for 20 minutes or whatever, where you're doing, you're doing regular breathing for a minute and then you're holding for a minute and a half and then regular breathing for a minute, holding for a minute and a half. And, and so depending on where your hold is at, you know, you just, you basically dial yourself in to, and you put in, put in your breath hold, what your max static breath hold is, and then it will build a table for you. And so if you're doing that three times a week, that's going to build a lot of confidence. It's also going to build CO2 tolerance. Um, and your ability to just, uh, crack the code on, 
you know, different mind games and different mental stuff that you can do while you're holding your breath. Right. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, what you're talking about there, that's a lot of what I really recommend whenever we go into, you know, a person like obviously over the last year over COVID and everything. And I kind of wrote a little blog about that cause I get asked that, uh, nonstop over the past year. So, you know, between all that stuff, you know, building your CO2 tolerance, all that kind of stuff. So within our arena though, um, as far as selection, you know, whenever I would send guys underwater to do whatever, even if it was with ABUs or whatever, like the maximum that you really had to hold your breath was a minute and a half. It's not something that, you know, for you guys, I'm sure most of your people are like at three, four minutes or whatever, and it's not a problem um, once they get that tolerance up and all that stuff. So it's, um, and I tell people this all the time, like it's great to have that tolerance up because I remember when I showed up to Indoc, there was this dude that was like, yeah, I can hold my breath for like five minutes at a time. I've been testing myself and I've been doing this. <laughs> and then he goes up to the grads and the grads are like, oh, really? They grab a bucket and they throw it in front of him. <laughs> and they're like, show us that you can do it. And at that time, it was like, oh, crap. Well, maybe I could do it at home. But now, you know, he's in front of all these people. The pressure's on. And he he held his breath for maybe like a minute and 20 seconds. Once the pressure was on, he was just like, Oh, freaking out. You know, it was just the yeah. pressure of all that. And I think, um, like what you were talking about, you know, it's great. Like you're going to build up the tolerance, but it's not just a one thing that you need to focus on. It's the entire, um, situation that you need to focus on. Not only being able to tolerate, you know, an, an amount of CO2 and hold your breath for three, four minutes or whatever, you can do that when everything's calm, but whenever, you know, shit hits the fan and you're having an instructor there or you're trying to, you're getting tackled underwater while you're doing your torpedo thing or whatever it is, you got to learn to flow with it and relax and go with the motions and be able to conserve your energy while you're underwater. Because every single motion you do, whether it's, you know, you're fighting against the water or whatever it is, ends up uh, taking a little bit of that oxygen away from you. Um, so what would you say to guys that are, you know, in that arena, they're trying to, cause we have different events that we do at Indoc, and a lot of guys are just like focused. Like I have to get this down. I have to get that down. The knot tying, the mask and snorkel, get it exactly down to a science before I show up. Do you think that's more important or do you think that it's the overall just being able to relax and being able to, uh, just be confident in the water? What would you recommend for guys Ooh. going into that? That is, that's an amazing point that I feel like a lot of people don't get that you, some people try to crack the code on every single thing before they go, which is how I operated for a while where I would want to know, it's like a fear of the unknown. I want to know every single thing at the course before I go. And then now when I go to courses or anything that I do, I just do it. I'm just present and I'm doing it one thing at a time. Right. Um, Sometimes if there's some like crazy shit around the corner, I'll, I might ask you a couple of questions, but I'm not trying to get, but it's a balance because I also put someone through the SOCOM screener a couple of weeks ago um, that was doing it for one of his first times and he, he didn't make it. And, and the reason why is because of reps, right? And when we do, we go through and do the SOCOM screener so many times that we just have that thing down. You can almost do it in your sleep. And that's when we go in and test out. Right. And so I feel like it's a balance of like, you know, uh, like getting reps in and whatever you're going to do, but not like overdoing it and like 
needing to do everything up front. So I think it is very important to be able to like let one door open, process everything that's in that room, quote unquote, or that drill or whatever that pool activity is, finish it, move on to the next one, be fully present, fully focused on that one, finish it, move to the next one and the next one and the next one. So when you're constantly like focused on what's next and you're, it's impossible to be present on, on the now, which is like a, a wide receiver in the NFL that is already, is, is already focusing on running up the field before he catches the ball. And then he gets like smashed. Yeah. And I think that's a important tip for life too. I mean, uh, I've been reading a couple books that were talking about like uh, from Andrew Carnegie and stuff, the guy who created steel and he talks about focus and how that has made uh, a person more successful than anything else. And it is applicable to water stuff as well as, you know, life. And people kind of ask me about like, how did I get through uh, PA school and do all, you know, businesses and that kind of stuff. You can't do five tasks at one time and devote 20% of whatever to each task and do it. Well, you have to devote hundred percent of whatever you're going to do to that task at one time. And that's the only way that anything is going to get done appropriately. And that includes when you're spending time with your kids, you're at your job, you're driving, whatever it is, you know, if you don't leave that room for error and you're devoting hundred percent of your time to that task, that's the only way that it's going to get done well and efficiently. So I think, yeah, what you're talking about. And as far as uh, transferring that over to laterally to people like doing MMA stuff, doing business coaching stuff, um, all of this, all these rules of being confident in the water, being calm and being able to assess the situation, focus um, and relax. All those things that are in the free acronym definitely apply to um, everything that is going to make you successful within um, life. So is there anything else specifically that you would say um, would be another good adjunct for people to be successful outside of the, the free acronym that you um, applied, what other things do you see that people usually show up lacking when they show up to your pool um, as far as ways that they are not appropriately attacking the pool or appropriately attacking life? Yeah, so the biggest thing that comes to mind from this whole conversation and everything is intention, right? Um, I heard a talk with uh, General McChrystal one time that um, – you know, was in charge of SOCOM at one point and whatever else, but they, he had been uh, part of all these different think tanks and research that had taken place on what was the actual like uh, dis- d- decider or d- um, differentiator between individuals that made it through selection and made it in, into special operations and the ones that didn't, right? And the biggest thing that they, conclusion that they always came to is that the ones that made it through had 100% made up their minds before they started that they would make it through. And the ones that, that, that didn't, that they had done the research on, that they didn't necessarily have everything made up that they were going to make it through, right? And so when they started or before they started. So intention is the biggest thing, having full and clear intention that you're going to make it through and having clear intention that you're going to accomplish whatever goal that is, it is that you have. Right. And so, um, no, so with that, you can take the word try out of your vocabulary. A lot of people say that I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to hit, hit this selection and, and whatever. And it's like, you're going to try to do selection or you're going to, you're going to make it through selection. Which one? 
right? Because try it leaves room. It's like insurance policy for us to fuck off, you know? So um, let's remove try from our vocabulary and let's say that again. So I'm going to make it through selection 100%. If it rains, if, it, if I don't sleep, if I don't eat, if I cramp, if people spit on me, if I get disrespected by the cadre, I'm going to make it through because I already told my grandmother that I was going to make it through. And that's like my parents, you know, so I'm not fucking around on that, on, on my word on that. So my shit's locked in. I'm going to make it through guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's, there are a few things that are a little more frustrating than getting the questions from the, some of the, the younger folks out there or people that haven't joined the pipeline. And they ask questions like, what if, you know, the what ifs. And at the end of that, there's like a question mark where it's like, they're kind of saying, what if this happens? And then they're not sure what happens next. Yeah. And I think we're always like, well, the what if is you get over it and you keep moving forward and you keep moving towards your goal. If there's a question mark really at the end of that, then you've already made up your mind that you're you're not willing to overcome 100% of the challenges coming your way to be successful. You're kind of yes. looking for that off ramp. Right. So what the implied part that we're missing with everybody that's in that conversation is that if you're at this table or you're in this conversation, we're, we're assuming and implying that you're in a growth mindset, meaning that you're ready to face failures. You're ready to get feedback. You're ready to get harsh feedback because you know that it's going to fucking sharpen you and mold you into this evolved version of yourself that you're seeking to be. You know what I'm saying? If you're not in a growth mindset, then this shit is not for you. And that being said, if you are, but you are also an analyzer and that's just how your mind works, that's okay too. And you don't need to focus on to know it's like, you know, sometimes it's even challenging for me to go across the pool underwater, walking the weights one way. Some days it's just hard. You know, I, I don't know. I got a lot of mental shit going on or whatever else. So I'm just doing it one line at a time. Right. And I'm just focused on that next line and then that next line and then that next line, and then it becomes easy. And so for anyone, it's like to break the task down into small chunks, digestible chunks that you can do. What's the next step? Show up at, you know, prepare for selection. So what's the first step? Get a, get a, get, get, get a trainer, <laughs> you know, or get someone and get a mentor. Um, you know, what's the gap? What's the gap to me accomplishing my goal? Write the shit down on paper because oftentimes if it's in our head, it might seem like the gap will take years, but it's like, okay, if the gap is get a trainer and get a, get three mentors, like I can do that in the next week. And then, so what's the gap after that time, six months done while in that process, while I'm doing that, I'll get my, um, my paperwork squared away. And then I'll be at selection because I know once I'm on the exit selection, that's the absolute best place that I could be because I'm fucking there. I don't have, it's no more talking about being there about maybe going about the what ifs about the state about what's around the corner after the next corner. It's just fucking trust, build yourself into the person that's going to trust yourself and perform on demand and just trust yourself to take the next step and that things are lighting up. If things are lighting up and you're getting a spot to go and your training's going well and you're feeling good and you're in a positive headspace, then things are lighting up for you. Move forward, go, go, yep. go. Man, uh, that's that's got to be the soundbite, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, we we tell people all the time, like, hey, you know, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. Like people, 
people look at this and it's it's a daunting task. I mean, when you look at the entire pipeline of it, it doesn't matter whether it's buds, Air Force Special Warfare, you know, Raiders or anything like that. Like it's it's a large chunk of time, especially when you are a younger person. You know, two two and a half years is like that's huge. Um, and then you know we're all wired differently, so. Most people don't look at two and a half years and go like, yeah, cool, no worries. You know, yeah, they, they break it down and, hey, I got to worry about this week. I just got to make it through this week. Or some people are, I got to make it through this day or this pool session. So you just break it down and then you accomplish that. And it's all these small little victories will begin to add up. And the next thing you know, you're, you're walking across stage or you're graduating or, or you're getting your beret or your trident or whatever that happens to be. So no, that's yep. awesome. Well, Prime, I appreciate your time. I do want to uh, do one last plug yeah. for you guys. So where can people find you? Yes, great question. So deepinfitness.com, like the deep end of a pool. Um, and then, you know, if you just Google uh, Don Tran, that's my partner, and then myself, Prime Hall, you can find all of our socials and everything else. We're on, you know, Instagram, uh email, LinkedIn, all that other stuff. Okay, cool. And then you're, and you're all about people reaching out to you for advice or anything like that. Yes. And, uh, guys, like, you know, one of the things, uh, that, that is that we get to do is mentor other individuals that are going into special operations. And so we've been doing that for three years since we started. Um, and we run these like underground military prep courses. We just started one, uh, with about, 10 dudes from buds and two guys that are going to Raiders here in San Diego, but we're constantly doing that. And, and we just build these Jedis, you know, everybody that trains with us, they turn, they just, they, they, things start to click really quickly. And so, um, you know, anybody can reach out to us if you have any questions or, you know, any of that, we, you know, let us know. No, I dig it. And it's, it's, you know, it's very much in the same, you know, circle of, of people that we run in is, is we are trying to build people up, try and show a positive face as much as possible. Some of us, uh, have a hard time with that, Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's carrying that positive middle attitude, carrying forward, you know, just because you've made it doesn't mean that you can't reach back down and help somebody up. So that's the whole point of what we're doing. That's the whole point of what you guys are doing. And there's other people that are out there that are doing the same thing. So excited that we've gotten a chance to have you on the podcast. Um, again, enjoy following you. Enjoy seeing the, uh, the challenges that are going on that you guys post on Instagram. And uh, again, thanks for coming on, Brian. Yeah, thank you guys. And shout out to my boy, Ryan Spadafore. He was... Uh, he was running uh, Strike Industries for a while, and now he actually quit that job to uh, go into the Army, but he's the one that set this whole thing up. Yeah. <laughs> Chose to go in the Army, man. I Sucks know. to be him. <laughs> yeah. so, All right, Brian. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Great to be connected, guys. And uh, I'll, I'll get a mailing address from you guys and send you out some stuff as well. All right. That sounds good. Hey, one's ready's out here. All appreciate right. Appreciate it.